Hi, and welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. This podcast is all about how we can learn, grow, and strengthen from the challenges that everybody faces in life, valuing them as part of what makes us who we are and equips us for our future success. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi, it's Toby Hazelwood here with the Kintsugi Life Podcast, episode 006, Excuses and Accountability. When things don't go as we'd planned, when our preparation hasn't paid off, or when we don't see the results we desired or expected, there's a danger that we might not feel able to accept, believe, or buy into the logical or factual explanation. The reasons I think we do this are that we're often coming from a place of fear, vulnerability, and naivety, rather than out of a genuine desire to deceive ourselves or others. Our bruised ego may not let us accept the blame. Our mind may resist the truth as it conflicts with our higher values. When we're controlled by emotions rather than rationality, it's naturally more comfortable to make up an explanation for why something isn't as we'd like it to be. Whether it's as we pursue a personal goal whether we're working to advance our business or our career, or just when we're reflecting on our lot in life, we all face times when the cold, hard truth is just too much to bear. In this podcast, I'll be offering you a few thoughts on why I think this happens, how it can hold us back when we avoid taking accountability, and what strategies I use to counter it in my life. Hopefully you're all familiar with that scenario in life where you've done something, whether it's a a kind of planned activity as part of your personal life as you work towards your goals or in your business or just in a conversation you have with someone. And once you've had that conversation or you've done that thing, you look at the results and you reflect on it. And actually, they're not what you expected. They're They're not what you think you deserved from it. And, and it can be hard to try and understand or explain those results when, when they kind of completely conflict with what you're expecting. And often when those results don't match up to what we expected, or they don't make sense to us, or they don't meet our values or our needs for what we wanted from that experience, sometimes it's tempting to concoct an alternative version of those, or an alternative explanation of those results. And, and to try and pacify ourselves. And we may do this completely subconsciously rather than actually knowingly setting out to, to kind of fabricate the reasons why it didn't work or why we got the results we weren't expecting. And, and often then that becomes the alternative truth that we've kind of constructed around that situation. And, and I think when we do that, obviously it's not particularly helpful in the first instance because it kind of goes against that ethos of of kind of learning from your mistakes or taking experiences that aren't as you'd expect them to be and growing from them and, and developing from them. But it also negates a completely um, valid source of learning, of, of growing and, and potentially strengthening ourselves to, to become better versions of ourselves in the future so that when we go into a similar activity again, that we don't necessarily experience the negative results, but we grow from it and we get a better result. We do something slightly differently and we get a better result. But if you've kind of concocted an alternative reality around that, or you've explained it away, blaming external influences or blaming some imagined reality around that situation, then you're basically writing off that opportunity to learn and to grow. 
And the thing is, I observe this in the lives of others repeatedly, and I've also observed it in my own life and experienced it in my own life repeatedly as well. Nobody's, nobody's kind of absolved of this. Nobody is kind of immune to doing this from time to time. And I think we all do it. Like I say, it can happen consciously where you, you seek a reason to, to kind of blame some results on, on some other factor or, or kind of you just you naturally pacify yourself by letting yourself off and coming up with alternative reasons that, that kind of broke down the results that you received. Either way, the result is the same. We are kind of convincing ourselves that the actual reason behind a failure isn't the reason behind the failure, but in fact, there are other factors at play. So we see it in health and fitness pursuits. You know, how many people do you hear talking about when, when they're not losing weight, you know, they've been going to the gym or they think they've been going to the gym religiously and eating healthily and, and then they come up with a reason that, you know, somehow their metabolism's different from everyone else and, and they struggle to lose weight when, when others seemingly find it easy. And they kind of gloss over the fact that maybe they've been routinely skipping workouts or not working as hard as they could be when they go to the gym or, or kind of eating excessively or you know, overcompensating for the amount of energy they think they're burning off in the gym and eating more. And consequently, they're not in a calorie, calorie deficit, but actually they're eating more and hence they're not losing weight. You know. There are often very simple reasons for, for success in sport, you know, whether you're get, looking to get better at a sport or whether you're looking to increase your fitness or lose weight. And, and if you're not following the basic formula, then you know, you're kind of not gonna see the results. But so often people convince themselves that there are other factors at play and there must be some other chemical difference about their bodies that, that prevents them from succeeding where others find it easy. Um, and you know we see it in business as well. So so many business owners will will turn around and and blame, you know, competition. They'll talk about the external factors. So their competitors have obviously got cheaper suppliers or better suppliers, or they blame the economy or apathy from their customers. That that kind of all of which conspire against them and prevent them from succeeding. Or perhaps you know the business owner fails to contemplate that that they're, what they're providing isn't actually that appealing. They convince themselves they're providing products or services that people are desperate for when in reality, nobody wants to pay for them. You know, quite often a, a, a passionate business owner or entrepreneur will get so personally invested in what it is that they're creating and, and in the service that they provide that they spend so much time and effort creating it and, and coming up with it that when they eventually go to market with that product or service, they're absolutely convinced it's going to be a, a smash hit success. And you know, obviously that enthusiasm needed in order to get through the process of creating something and creating some art and bringing it to the market, but, but often it blinds them then to, to whether or not there is a genuine desire in the customer base for that product or for that service. And oftentimes if, if it just simply doesn't sell and nobody really wants it, it could be down to factors such as they've not marketed it ad adequately or they've kind of missed a trick somehow or someone's already doing it better than them and they didn't realize it but often they don't they don't consider those things they just think well actually it must be the fault of the customers or it's just the economy or it's the recession or any number of other things and it's really hard to rationalize or see beyond those emotional factors because they're so trapped in them and wrapped up in the actual process and even if you're not an entrepreneur or a business owner i think people experience it in work as well you know everyone kind of goes to work and and does the best job they think or thinks they're doing the best job that they can but you know oftentimes people perceive that there's an element of unfairness about work 
that either their boss favours the co-worker or perhaps they feel that their boss or team leader is, is kind of victimising them or bullying them or kind of takes them for granted or doesn't see the value in their work. And so they kind of blame that for being a factor in being passed over for promotion when, you know, there could be a, a huge variety of other factors at play that they don't even want to open their minds to. You know, are they the kind of people who are always the last to arrive at work in the morning, are always the first to leave? You know, are they kind of sat in meetings hoping they'll avoid being given any actions or are they actually volunteering themselves and putting themselves out there to try and, you know, demonstrate that they're keen and they're enthusiastic? Um, and often people have the perception of themselves as being one thing when they're completely the opposite. You know, I've seen it time and time again in people that I've managed in workplaces before where where they kind of, they say that they want to grow and they say that they want to stretch themselves and progress within the organisation, but actually the way they talk and the way they conduct themselves are two completely polar opposites. You know, they, they say they want to progress and take on more responsibility and then they spend half the rest of their time complaining about management and complaining about unfairness and inequity and, and blaming other factors that are kind of preventing them from getting ahead when really it's just about them. And you know, it, when you when you break through the the barriers of, of work and and business and that kind of side of things, then that also leads into the areas of wealth and finance. You know, so so many people have a desire to to. I think everyone probably has a desire to be more financially free and have more time freedom and and generally have more money to spare in their lives. And whilst everyone aspires to wealth and aspires to being comfortable financially. You know, how many people are actually doing what's necessary to, to kind of achieve that wealth, you know, to kind of manage their money carefully and to think about how they spend their money, not to kind of generally spend all their time accumulating things, you know, going out and shopping and spending money on, on meaningless gadgetry, but actually investing in, in assets and investing wisely, which is what wealthy people do. They invest the money, then, gener then create the assets that will then generate their wealth for them. You know, and, and many people will be blind to that. They'll think they're never getting ahead. They're working so hard and there's no, no money left at the end of the month until they get their next paycheck, you know, and they're struggling from paycheck to paycheck. And yet they convince themselves they're doing everything that they should be doing, and yet they're not getting ahead. They're not achieving that growing wealth. Um, and they're blind to the fact that they're going out spending money every weekend, uh, you know, crawling around bars or restaurants or wasting all their money on, on consumer goods. Uh, and they think that, you know, because they're shopping in the same shops as the wealthy people seem to, if we believe Instagram and Facebook and all the social media, um, that's, the, that's the element of the wealthy person that they believe they're emulating or that they are emulating rather than the, the side of the, the wealthy person's life, which is about actually respecting money and managing it properly. And it's, it's really, the whole thing is really just a symptom of of this kind of fake mindset that people put up around themselves, which is about not taking accountability. You know, it's not that you're unlucky, it's not that there's a dark cloud hanging over you and only you that just prevents you from ever succeeding in anything. The dog didn't eat your homework, you know, it's that kind of letting go of those excuses and actually taking accountability for your actions. That's how we take on any kind of process or project of, of growth or improvement. You know, and when we encounter the results that aren't what we wanted or aren't what we expected, we have to kind of accept that those are the results. You know, the, the results are the results. And what you have to then do is try and learn from those and react to those rather than trying to excuse them or, you know, blame them on external factors that are outside of your control. 
it's more about seeking more accountability, if anything, rather than trying to absolve yourself of accountability and responsibility. And the biggest risk that we face when we, we kind of don't challenge and change that behaviour is that we're, we're kind of risking becoming a victim of circumstance and always kind of explaining away the, the reasons why nothing ever works for us or why things don't work for us and, and making ourselves out to be subject to everything that's going on around us, you know, without any control over it. And it kind of, it becomes our story that nothing's ever our fault. We're always someone who's fighting the tough breaks and trying to bring about a bit of luck in our lives rather than facing all these things that kind of keep us down. And most fundamentally, as I say, we are just rejecting the opportunities to learn from life, to grow and to change and to strengthen ourselves from the adversity and from the results that don't go our way and the things that seem like a failure on the surface. And if, so if, if we kind of, you know, we go into any, anything, whether that's a, a conversation with a family member or friend or a work colleague, or, you know, we prepare ourselves for a, for a sporting event, or we undertake a project at work, or maybe we undertake a DIY project at home, you know, some home improvement works, and, and it kind of doesn't work out as we expected it to. In each of those instances, we have that opportunity to, to look at the scenario and think, you know, this is, this is completely unfair. This is just, it's not come about as I wanted it to. Why can't I do this? Why does nothing ever work for me? Why is it always so difficult for me? Alternatively, you know, if we can be really objective about it, yes, you know, there probably are factors outside of our control that, that means it's not entirely our fault. But if we look at it as an opportunity to kind of break into that, that failure or that sort of negligible result and actually think well what what went wrong what went wrong in that what went well but what went badly and what can I learn from to to make sure that if I tackle a similar thing again that I'm going to get a better result so that kind of leads tidily on I guess to what we should be doing instead and I think you know it fundamentally comes down to aspiring to be a better person with more integrity more realism and more pragmatism rather than being someone who blames bad fortune, circumstances, and everything outside of their influence on the results that they get. So it's truly about taking accountability. So, you know, it's, it's really quite simple. It's kind of almost the opposite behaviours of everything that I've talked about already. But, you know, to put it quite clearly, what I think we really need to be aspiring to do is each time something isn't as it seems, or we're not getting the results we'd like to get from a particular process, we need to get really meticulous and really forensic about diving into the detail. So let's take the example of, of going into a process where we want to lose weight, we want to get fitter and we want to lose weight. So the obvious conclusions for, for anyone I think at this in this day and age, and it shouldn't be rocket science, but is that we need to exercise and move more, we need to eat less or we need to eat healthily and we need to drink water rather than you know drinking soda or anything like that but you know it's a fairly simple equation if you put less calories into your mouth than you're actually burning off you're going to lose weight and if we're not seeing the results that we we expected to we've been going at it for a few weeks because let's face it it doesn't happen overnight it's not a product of working out for a day or two and you start to see results but by the time you've been working out for a month or so you are likely to see some real gains some real improvements and if you're not, you know, if the scales are telling you you're not losing weight and your clothes aren't feeling looser and you aren't feeling slightly less breathless from walking upstairs, for example, then, then now's the time that you really sort of dive, dive into the detail. 
And you don't just think, well, there must be a reason my metabolism isn't up to it or you know, I, I couldn't work out on that day because I, I had a bad knee, but I've been going quite a lot and you know, convincing yourself you've, you've been doing everything you needed to. You start to actually look. If you really want the results, you have to start to really look at what you should be doing better. So when you go to the gym, are you doing so with energy and with vigor? Are you actually committing yourself and doing everything you can? You know, and if you're not, if you're struggling and if you find it hard to actually put in the work, then, then maybe you need to revise that approach and actually get a personal trainer. Um, and when it comes to the food that you're eating, you know, are you really being honest with yourself about what you're eating? You know, have you written down everything that you've consumed and tried to figure out with the help of an app that, that are quite easily accessible for free these days? Are you actually consuming the amount of calories that you should be consuming rather than overeating? Um, you know, if it comes down to it, are you kind of going to the gym four times a week or are you kind of finding a reason why maybe you couldn't go on a particular occasion because there's something came up at work or, you know, your knee hurt a little bit on that day or you had a headache or you didn't feel like it, you know, are you attending the gym as frequently as you should do? And I know it's a very glib example. It's a very easy, you know, easy excuse to, an easy thing to pick on, but I use it because I think it's quite obvious and quite easy for everyone to understand. You know, there are ways in which anyone could get the results from a process of trying to lose weight that aren't what they expected or aren't what they feel they deserved and then to feel well this is completely unfair it's so hard but every endeavor has an opportunity to look at the results you're getting and say is this what i feel i deserve is this what is realistically what i expected when you actually dive into the detail and taking another simple example you know if we have uh, a difficult conversation with our partner, uh, an awkward conversation or an argument in our relationship, you know, if it's if we're going through perhaps a divorce or a separation from someone and we have a conversation and we feel like, you know, we kind of wanted something out of it and we didn't get what we wanted. Sometimes it's very easy to blame the other person and say, you know, they were obviously having a bad day or they were in a bad mood or they were emotional or, or whatever else, rather than Kind of really putting under the spotlight what we got we put into that and what we got out of it so you know were you being completely fair and reasonable with that person about the way you talked to them and things that you said and the things that you maybe leveled at them if it was a case of trying to work out an element of of, of blame or responsibility for for something that had failed in a relationship or trying to work through a difficulty that you've been facing you know were you taking as much responsibility for your part in it as you were asking them to take responsibility for their part. You know, everything has a root cause. Everything has the kind of substance and detail behind it that helps to explain it away. And if you don't, if you're not willing to look at that detail, then you're never really going to get the insight into how you can learn from it and how you can maybe do things better. Or at the very least, how you can actually understand why you've got the results you've got. So once we've dived into that detail, the next step, step two, if you like, of that process is to kind of look at the, look at the op opportunities that exist within what you've learned to kind of grow from it, to tweak what you might do if you're in a similar situation again. So everything is about growing and improving. You know, we go through a process of life where so much of it's repeated, you know, so much of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis is kind of a rerun of what we did yesterday or last week or last month. And you know, we, we, life isn't about a load of completely unique and diverse experiences, unfortunately. You know, there are a lot, of, a lot of elements of repeatability in what we do and in how we live. And 
I don't see why anyone wouldn't want to kind of get better at doing that, you know, to get better at what they do in their work or to get better at what they do for leisure, whether that's a sporting pursuit or playing a musical instrument. You know, there's always an opportunity to get better at something and to take more enjoyment from it. And similarly, if you want to, you know, I, I, I personally want to always become the best parent I can be to my kids and to my stepkids. And I'm constantly learning about the, the kind of things that go well and the approaches that work well when I'm trying to get them to do something or when I'm trying to, you know, amend some sort of behavioural issue or trying to praise them for, for things that they've done well. You know, some things work better than others, but there's always an opportunity to improve. So life is about taking those opportunities when things don't go well and looking at how you can learn and tweak them so that the next time you do them, you get better results. So that really, you know, that leads kind of or blends in, I guess, with step three, which is about seeking those op options and opportunities to change our approach so that with a minor change, we might get a completely different result, you know. In a, in a difficult conversation with my wife, I may find that actually I think I'm making a really good point by, you know, kind of raising my voice or, you know, emphasising the way that I'm saying something, when in reality, if I just took a little bit more time to considerately explain things and to try and outline why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, then I might get a completely different result. And, you know, those are the, the opportunities and the options that we have to change the way that we do things so that actually we will get a different result. And I guess the next area of part four, if you like, would be to be completely ruthless about what's working and what isn't working in our lives and what's causing the failures or the lowly results and then to address those. You know, I talked earlier about how entrepreneurs can get quite emotionally tied up in what they're doing and to be quite passionate about things. And it's necessary to be passionate. It's necessary to invest yourself in stuff. But sometimes we do need to be really ruthless about what isn't working and actually be honest with ourselves. You know, we may have, have invested a lot of time and a lot of money into something and building it up. And then actually we, we kind of realize that fundamentally it's going nowhere and it's not likely to ever go anywhere. And that's certainly not to say we shouldn't be persistent about the way we apply ourselves to things, but we've got to, we've got to kind of, once we've given something our all and we feel like we've thoroughly tested it, if all that we're really doing is delaying the inevitable by keeping hanging on to it or keeping flogging that dead horse, then fundamentally we've eventually got to be ruthless and say, you know what, this isn't working. This isn't going to go where I want it to go. And therefore I need to just kind of let it go and move on. So step five then is to see each obstacle and each failure, not as something that's kind of, you know, another trial that's sent to test us or something that's blocking our progress, but actually you know, a feature of the process of learning, a feature of the process of growing and getting ahead and moving forwards. Um, it's, you know, it's so tempting at times to constantly lament, oh, you know, this has happened now and I've, I've run out of money or, you know, my competitors just introduced a new product or I've gone to the gym and I've injured my shoulder and now I can't work out and therefore I'm not going to lose weight as quickly or any number of other things, you know, and, and sometimes we get broken down by that. But what we've got to do instead is accept that there are always going to be obstacles and the obstacles are part of what help us to learn and grow. And so we need to see them as a feature of the process, not just something we've got to work around, but actually something that going through will, will teach us something, it'll help us. And the final thing, I guess, is the overall ethos, which is that we've got to adapt, react and accept. 
rather than simply suffering, coming up with excuses and resisting when we don't get what we want. It's a really, it's a really important part of the, the whole ethos, but it's, it's about having that mindset that says, sometimes results aren't gonna be what we wanted them to be. Sometimes we're not gonna get what we wanted from them. We need to just move on. We need to accept that that's the case and we need to move on, but we do it proactively, we do it productively. We dive into the detail and we, we kind of get the learning, we amend our approach and we keep going. We don't just give up, we don't just excuse it, we don't just blame something else and, and kind of fight it and let go. You know, we actually go through the process of learning, growing and reapplying ourselves. So I'm gonna summarize those six steps in case you missed them because I think I was kind of waffling around a little bit, but so step one, each time something isn't as it seems, we need to get meticulous and get forensic and dive into the detail. Step two, we need to identify the opportunities to learn or tweak our approach and to grow from it. Step three, we need to look out for options to amend that approach and take on the minor changes that might just be the difference between success and failure. Step four, we need to be ruthless about what's not working, what's causing our failure, and then to either address it or if necessary, to let it go. Step five, we need to stop thinking about obstacles or failures as something that are blockers or, or some sort of point of resistance for us and instead treat them as opportunities to learn and as part of the process. And step six, we need to adapt, react and accept rather than suffering, coming up with excuses and quitting. So the overall, that's the overall message behind this. And I think in this way, if we, if we don't just spend our lives trying to explain away the things we don't like, or the things that we can't understand, like a conspiracy theorist would, but instead we actually take realistic, honest, and a pragmatic view of the events in our lives, we can take them on head on. We can equip ourselves for growth and strengthening and success in the future. And that is, after all, the essence of the Kintsugi life philosophy. We take on board the difficulties, we adapt from them, we grow from them, and we strengthen from them, and then we move on. So that's the subject covered for this week. That's everything I intended to say, and I really hope it's useful to you. Um, I know accountability is something that a lot of people shy away from at times, and I think things such as mentoring can be a great help when we want to have someone else provide that accountability for us. But I think everyone needs to provide a bit of accountability for themselves and to actually take on that responsibility rather than kind of always looking outside and always looking externally. And to sort of then just kind of come up with a few less excuses and take ownership of a few more of the problems and learn from them, embrace them and get forward, get ahead with them. So I hope that's useful. I'd love to hear back from you in terms of what you think and any comments and, and if you feel willing to, to leave feedback or reviews on whatever podcast platform you've picked this up from, I'd love for you to do so. I'd love honest feedback. You know, of course I'd love five star reviews, but if you don't feel that's applicable, then please be honest and, and I will of course review all comments and take on board that feedback. And if you have any other suggestions for anything else you'd like me to talk about and things you think I can help you with, then of course, please let me know. And if I can do anything to help, I certainly will do that. In the meantime, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye for now, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. This has been the Kintsugi Life Podcast from Toby Hazelwood. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful, and I'd welcome feedback or contact from you to let me know your thoughts. You can reach out on toby at kintsugilife.co. Thank you.